I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Looking for a way to support The Dinner Party Show? A percentage of any purchase you make through a buy link on thedinnerpartyshow.com will allow us to keep bringing you the show free of charge. If you're an Amazon customer, head to thedinnerpartyshow.com and click on the Amazon Gold Box located in the lower left-hand corner of every page of our site. Do this, and a percentage of each purchase you make at Amazon during that shopping session will support our continued operation. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for another episode of The Dinner Party Show. Hi, I'm Beth Grant, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with these assholes, Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, for God's sake. I went to a marvelous party. Most people don't even know the facts. They go with their gut, and the only thing your gut cares about is money. Christopher? This is only going to work if we speak one at a time. Fine. You first, Eric. Live from the Sunset Strip in beautiful West Hollywood, California, it's The Dinner Party Show. The Internet's first live comedy variety show with your hosts, New York Times best-selling authors, Christopher Rice. No, there's actually a new study that confirms every other child you see on the street is a ghost. <laughs> and Eric Shaw Quinn. I don't want to talk too much, but... Okay, no, no, no. We're going to take up a collection for the stained glass window. Now we want the dirt. <laughs> Featuring reports from their largely unqualified staff of special correspondents. Sex is like Christmas. It's the not knowing what you're going to get that makes it exciting. New York is a giant trash island infested by has-been theater queens. If we're really serious about cutting federal spending, the biggest waste of public funds I can think of is Congress. Two snaps for Jesus! The Dinner Party Show. Everyone gets served. Tonight's live cast is streaming to you live and for free through thedinnerpartyshow.com and our free mobile app. And now, direct from the kitchen by way of the... Get out of my office! It's your hosts, Christopher and Eric! I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show's livecast for June 21st, 2015. The news, frankly, has us a little speechless this week. Suffice it to say, we'll try and keep it light in response to heartbreaking tragedy. The message of love, tolerance, and forgiveness offered up by those touched most closely by this recent travesty certainly helps. We could use a lot more of their spirit in the world. All we can think to say is that Readily available and readily available guns and Confederate flags seem to be two things we could do with a lot less of. Which is to say, tonight we will not be talking about anyone who wants to lead the most powerful country on earth by pretending that racism doesn't exist. Ugh. And we will not be talking about the bumblefuck pretend presidential candidate from Texas who referred to the Charleston church shooting as an, quote, accident. Our primary motive here at the Dinner Party Show is to entertain you and make you laugh, not cause you to bang your head against the edge of the dinner table as you despair for the state of the nation. Here, here. Also, 
to the legislators in Michigan and North Carolina who passed laws to make discrimination by public employees legal on religious grounds so that they can refuse to give gay people marriage licenses. Well, all we'd like to say to to you is, fuck you! Big buildup on that one, indeed. Also not being discussed tonight, Ann Coulter, a radical right-wing rodeo clown, rendered so irrelevant by the advance of the human species that in order to get (laughs) clicks and all that goes with them, she was forced to use her recent appearance on HBO's Real Time with Bill Maher to proclaim Donald Trump the front-runner in the race for a Republican presidential candidate. Okay, for anyone with a brain and a heart and some writing ability, Coulter's media stunts are low-hanging fruit wrapped in a Confederate flag stinking of crystal meth. P.U. And here on TDPS, we prefer to celebrate a different type of fruit, and that's what we'll be serving up tonight on our conclusion of Hannibal, on Hannibalism on tonight's live (laughs) cast of The Dinner Party Show. That's the last fucking time I improv. Delicious. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Sorry about screaming into the microphone there, everybody. (laughs) I just was so caught up in the moment. That was not what you did during rehearsal, but I have to say, you do a lot of things that you don't do during rehearsal, and that's the only part of the show we rehearse is the not report. It's kind of how I live my life. (laughs) Eric Shaw Quinn, now with less rehearsal. Constant surprises. (laughs) Constant surprises with Eric Shaw Quinn. Tonight is not the conclusion. It's my drag name, Constant Surprises. Tonight is not the conclusion of Hannibal. It's no, the it's... conclusion of Hannibalism. No, it's just Hannibal is just getting warmed up. I mean, what a week! I mean to tell you, Ugh. I mean to tell you. And Brian Fuller is back this week. However, he is joining us or will be joining us later in the show live from London because his wonderful new series, American Gods. Got picked up, and he has gone to the UK to pitch it to foreign broadcasters. Is he a Neil Gaiman? Gaiman, Neil Gaiman. Right, it's very they excited. Wrote the book. They're putting it. The stars has already picked it up, and he's in England to, I guess, take it to the rest of the world. Spread the gospel of American gods and to the full, British. The Fuller verse just grows and grows. The Fuller verse goes international or global right? or cosmic. It kind of already has. Yeah, excellent. God knows this season on Hannibal is. All over the world. So Duncan Ballard, a longtime listener, you called our party line with a question about whether or not American Gods was going to go. It has, so you won't be hearing your question tonight, but we're answering it for you. And the answer is why Brian Fuller is not in studio here in West right. Hollywood. So this surprise year. or spoiler alert or something like that. And Absolutely. thanks for calling in, Duncan. Always good to hear from you. Always good to hear from everyone. A lot of you called in during the course of Hannibalism, and you may not have heard your question, and tonight we will be playing a lot of our, let's call them not a backlog, but our questions on reserve. Right, all of the wonderful questions. Every We're going to try and get to everybody who's called in tonight. Okay. Um, and everybody who's called in tonight is also in for a special surprise. What kind of surprise are they well, in for? everybody was entered. Everybody who called in was automatically entered in our, in our contests, mm-hmm. and... <clears throat> For those people who did not get chosen in the contests, Shea Butters is going to be mailing you a very special Hannibal mini coloring book will be arriving in your email. So if you haven't given Shea Butters your email address, um, get that to him. And if you have... Yes. Every- well, then you look for look in your email box or in your spam filter. Absolutely. For your Hannibal mini coloring book. Absolutely. We will be sending out, the short version of that is we will send out a Hannibal coloring book to everyone who called in and everyone who entered the contest, because some people entered the contest without calling in, particularly right. this last one. 
the Red Dragon print that we are going to give away tonight. You were asked several basic trivia questions about our Hannibalism episodes, and if you answered those three questions correctly... And joined our mailing list. Your name is in this thing that you can hear. It's an envelope full oh, of names. Oh, very exciting. Wait, an let's see. Let's take a picture for... of names. And they're going to see that we're dressed down because Brian Fuller didn't come tonight, so we're not in our usual dinner wear. Right, so we slobbed in because we were usually just trying to impress Brian. Okay, I'm pos- this is the time on the radio show where I pose for a photo and try to fill okay. the silence. Okay. All right, I'm drawing the name. I'm drawing the name. Let's get a drum roll. Drum roll. I don't have the hand to hit the drum roll button. You're the guy. Oh, good. Thanks, Brandon. You do have a sound engineer. And the winner of the Red Dragon print is Tiffany Matzas. M-A-T-Z-A-S. Tiffany Matzas. You are the winner of the Red Dragon print. We will have that off to you shortly, provided we have your mailing address. If we don't have your mailing address, email it to web at thedinnerpartyshow.com or personal message it to the Dinner Party Show's Facebook page. And if you've entered through some other means other than email in one of our contests or called in during the Hannibal, make sure that we have your email address because you will be receiving our special parting gift, the Hannibal Mini Coloring Book. And let's let's tell people about the situation around this coloring book. Okay, so you and I went over to Brian Fuller's home for the premiere of Hannibal. Hannibal. It's already very exciting. I was very all the glam. It's a beautiful home. There were not a lot of dead bodies. So cool. And there weren't a lot of people being served on plates, but it was beautiful nonetheless. Right. And people are gathering, and they they had just, a lot of the writing staff was there because they had just live-tweeted the East Coast premiere. Right, they came rolling in from the studio, and were getting ready to live-tweet the West Coast premiere. And we were a half hour early, because I'm an idiot. So Brian's partner was very gracious and let us in the house early, but, you know, I had gotten us there Not way going too quite soon. with the idiot explanation. I'm an, I but, am, I am an idiot. But it was... You know, it it was it was actually typical. Yeah, it was it, it was typical of me being an idiot. No, of him being early. We were... I'm nervous and I like I don't like to be late, so I get places too early, and then I sit in the car and I read Twitter and I get really angry about. Or something. he turns to me and goes, "Wow, we're really early," and it's like. Yeah, like always. We're sitting in the air-conditioned movie theater 45 minutes before the movie's supposed to start, and we're not facing each other. And now what the fuck do we talk about? Anyway, the point of the story is out of nowhere, Brian makes a big entrance, and there's confetti and trumpets and all that sort of stuff. Not really. Dancing girls. He comes up Dancing and he, bears. he just drops this pile of papers onto your lap and then walks away. And no explanation. Lift up those pile of papers, and it is... The Hannibal mini coloring book. <laughs> Who knew there was a Hannibal it's so coloring cool. book? It's so amazingly cool. I was really kind of blown away. <laughs> so, basically, we're going to try to give it to every, anyone who supported or participated in the Hannibalism series of episodes that we did so here it, on the Dinner It is Party really show. a gift to you from Brian. Yeah, it is, really. And we really. Can, we had he didn't even give Christopher first. one. He didn't. He hates me. He just me. gave it to me, and then that was it. No explanation. It was very mysterious. It may be poison, so it may be that me that he hates. Well, he, but, he actually... But yours won't be, because it's just scanned, and it's you, a PDF that I am sending to you. You did get sick I got shortly sick. after taking <clears throat> delivery of that coloring book. You have been sick for about two weeks. I have to say, you sound much better tonight than you did last week, Miss Vaccaro. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm going, we're Tammy Grimes this week. We're Tammy, Tammy grimes in it. Fill me in on who Tammy Grimes is, Reege. I think Tammy Grimes, I think that's right. I think Tammy Grimes is Amanda Plummer's mother. Oh, okay. I think that's right. 
I, I may be getting, you know how there'll be several actors or actresses yes. that all look really similar and yes. they're kind of, it's like, well, you never see them in the same room together. Maybe they really are the same person. Maybe. Like Robert Stack and Gene Barry. Like, really, were they two different people? <laughs> Prove it. Um, <laughs> anyway, like none of you are old enough to even know what I'm I even talking about. I demand that Robert Stack and Gene <laughs> Barry be presented to me at the same they've been, time. They've been dead for years, so Did that's well. Really they're bones. I hope I so. I, God, I hope they're not listening to the they're show. They're listening, and they're so Mr. offended. Barry, Mr. Stack, I'm so they're sorry. So offended. Robert Stack just turned over the computer if he's not dead. Yeah, I was reading. Um, Tim Burton was writing about we lost Christopher Plummer. <gasps> yeah. When? Why am I just finding this out? Isn't that his name? No, no. Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee. You just prematurely announced the death of someone on the dinner Blubber's party show. Christopher Plummer is fine. Christopher Plummer is fine. British people who work for us don't run out of the studio. There is not going to be a, a march, <laughs> a march to remember. Anyway, Christopher the point Plummer. of the story was he was <laughs> wanting to use Christopher Lee in um in Sleepy Hollow, and he said to the studio executives, "I'd like to use um." Christopher Lee, and they said, oh, he's dead. And he said, actually, it, he went on to do the Hobbit series. And, you know, like he went on to have this huge career after the studio executives had pronounced him dead. <laughs> Maybe they just meant he's dead to us. Like, you know, he was really difficult no, on that. No, they just meant they didn't know that hard they just, movie. Because we tend to think, well, I haven't seen them in a while, and then it's really been, that we would be really old, well, so they Your friends dead. can be like that with you. Like, where have you been? And I was like, well, clearly I died because you didn't run into me at the grocery store for three weeks in a row. Like, what's oh, yeah, wrong with that, you, narcissist? That's the proof of life that we're looking for with Christopher Rice. Wait, what? Seen at grocery store. <laughs> Listen, they deliver now. Christopher once turned to me and said, I like my grocery stores like I like my men, small and overpriced. <laughs> it was true. And it was absolutely true. I actually sat down on the floor at the grocery at the store grocery and laughed for 15 laughed. minutes. Because you were in this big practical grocery store where they had everything and it's overwhelming. And it's like, I, I can't decide what cereal I'm going to buy if there are 60 cereals on Practicality the... really Practicality. is a problem. Overwhelming. I just didn't, I wanted to get you out of there. You have, you need to find your eggs. And if you, they don't have your right eggs. There's going to be a major conflict at the grocery store. Well, I go to two different kinds. I go to the small overpriced grocery store most of the time. Yes. But sometimes you need to go to the big stock up grocery store for Diet Coke and... Yes. The Doomsday know. Preppers yeah. grocery store. Gros yes. And potato chips and things that you can buy in 50 pound bags and what yeah. difference does it make? All right. Well, very shortly here on the Dinner Party Show, we will be joined by Brian Fuller live from London. We want to take this moment to Can't thank wait. all of his fanables who have joined us for this fabulous series of Dinner Party Show really episodes has been we're amazing. calling Fanabilism. But before then, we Hannibalism. have Hannibalism. Hashtag Hannibalism. Hannibalism. Hannibalism is right. what they already call the themselves. The Twitter expert is weighing in. The oh, one with the big that's Twitter. Right. Get snarky that's right. with me. So we have, um, what's up? I think we have a new commercial on the Dinner Party Show for some sort of show. What is this? Crown of Daggers? Oh, I really daggers? think it's time to let go of this whole acting surprise thing. <laughs> I just, I don't know this. I wonder what this thing is we spent all week editing. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. Previously on Crown of Daggers. No! No! I'm on fire! Damn it, man. How many times do I have to tell you, rape, then pillage? Sorry, sir. Zombies eating me family. Yeah, hey, look you, we're not zombies. Zombies eat brains. That's disgusting. Oh, you sure? You ate me 
sister. Not of brains. We're cannibals, not savages. Sorry. Just kidding. We ate of brains too. We're just not zombies. That's all right then. I just hate zombies. A toast to the happy couple. The happy couple. What the hell? The wine was poisoned. You killed all our wedding guests? Isn't that what we agreed? You were supposed to poison them at the jousting match. Now we have to carry all these bodies outside. Oh, sorry. I couldn't wait. I really hate them. That's why you did it? I thought you had a plan. Nope, just hated them. Don't you have a plan? Well, no. I, I thought you had a plan, and now everyone is dead. How does this benefit us? Well, I really did hate them. Ron, it's the dragons! I thought you looked dragons! Well, I don't think your reins are dragons, not dragons! Oh, fine, now you tell me that witch charged me a fortune to call the dragons to our village! You did this? The whole village is in blinds, our children are even barbecued and eaten! Happy birthday, my love! Oh, well, thanks for trying anyway, sweetheart. Charge! But we're outnumbered, we'll all be killed. It's now or never, this is my destiny. What does that even mean? According to the prophecy, I shall be king. What prophecy? Never you mind, just get to charging. Do you have a plan, a strategy, some sort of military objective? Run! First good idea he's had all campaign. Oh, little one, have you brought what I asked? Yes, your holiness, here are the ground dragon scales. And the heart of a virgin? Well, that was tricky. A lot of raping in this kingdom. Virgins are not as common as you might think. But in, but in order to call forth the oracle and pass the virtue, we must have the heart of a virgin. I don't know what to tell you. It's all right, my boy. So long as you kept your quest, been true to your vows, and your oath of chastity is unbroken, the gods will protect you. I have, your holiness. Oh, God. God's cut out his heart. He'll do. <laughs> okay, let's get a look at the scores while we can still place a bet. anyone here? Hello! Where is everyone? Who goes there? Hatter, is that you? Draggle? It is I. Oh, Draggle, you are a sight for these sore eyes. I thought you were blinded so you could serve in the harem. I said they were sore. True. I never thought to see you again. But if you're blind... I got better, okay? Is that really possible? Really? There are dragons and witches and spiteful gods and giant spiders and zombies, but it's the, the blindness continuity that's got your chain mail in a twist? Sorry, Addo. My journey has been long and fraught. Good to see you. You should pardon the expression. No worries, my lord. Where have you been? Well, as you know, 
I was abducted by ogres. Yes, of course. They were killed by a band of marauding fairies as they traversed the enchanted forest. You don't say. Then I escaped from the fairy palace with the help of a group of barbarous fartlanders who were later consumed by a methane explosion, but not before getting me to the coast where I was sold into slavery by pirates and taken to the land of the shirtless, tried by combat, and then home again on a carnival holiday cruise. Oh, I've heard those can be brutal. So, where is everyone? Dead. Everyone? Pretty much. What happened? Well, the writers killed Sir Noble Pants, and it went so well that they just kept killing. What? Everyone? Well, everyone was so shocked the first time, they just couldn't help themselves. But what kind of story is it when everyone is just dead? Not a very good one. I'll say. It was easier to kill everyone than it was to think up a story. Still, what about next season? Well, we're not dead. Spoiler alert. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Coming up next season on Crown of Daggers. Oh, for God's sake. Tired of dining alone? Enjoy the dinner party show with friends. Like us on Facebook and become one of our party people. Then, during our live shows on Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, you can join the conversation and post questions for Christopher, Eric, and their guests. During the week, drop in for tasty side dishes, show updates, and fun with the other party people. The Dinner Party Show. You are the life of our party. And now, in keeping with the Dinner Party Show's commitment to community enrichment, it's time for another in our ongoing series of public service announcements featuring the people who make the Dinner Party Show what it is. Best served warm. Hi, I'm Jordan Ampersand, and this is Best Served Warm. Are you dumb? It's okay. I'm dumb, too. Being dumb is currently the statistically most likely things for you to be if you're feeling confused about what this sentence could even mean. Dumb people can be found at all levels of entertainment, the government, and health food stores. In shorts, dumb people are part of the fabric of society. Or they would be if society were made out of fabric, but everyone knows it's not. So that expression, like most expressions, is just dumb. See? Dumb is everywhere. Anyway, because of the prevalence of dumb people, dumb shaming has become a particularly terrible part of the dumb person's experience nationwide. Dumb shaming happens when people who aren't dumb draw way too much attention to the fact that a dumb person has done something dumb. Like forgetting to turn off a gas stove because the pilot didn't light or forgetting that red means stop and not get ready for yellow. Or standing up at a conference of your colleagues and making a series of remarks about how women make terrible scientists. Acting like these things are a big deal in the moment only serves to hurt the dumb person's feelings. And that's dumb shaming. Furthermore, 
dumb shaming only serves to make dumb people dumber because it distracts them from the dumb thing they're already doing. So just wait until the fire is out or the car accident's happened already or the professor's been fired from his job. Then the dumb person will be ready to hear what you have to say, provided they aren't doing something else. So remember, dumb shaming never fixes dumb. It just gives dumb people more to think about. And why would anyone want to do that? We're dumb. I'm Jordan Ampersand, and on behalf of dumb people everywhere, this is Best Served Warm. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. And now, it's time for The Dish. We hope you kept your silverware. Show, it's Christopher... Hi, I'm Christopher Rice, and welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. We're live tonight with Brian Fuller and Technical Difficulties. Technical Difficulties. Do we have Brian Fuller from London? <laughs> yes, you do. Yay, we have him. We had to switch about five different modes of communication. Houston, we have a problem. We, were, we tried FaceTime with audio only and FaceTime with video, and ultimately, now I guess we're on a regular old-fashioned phone line. We're using two line. Dixie cups and a really long string. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Brian, how are you? I'm great. I uh, I've just been listening to music in Hyde Park all day, so I'm I'm fantastic. And so, people who follow you on social media can see pictures of of with the specific musicians that you're talking about. Is that correct? Yes, I went to Grace Jones and Kylie Minogue. So that was uh, a good way to spend a Sunday in London. Very cool. Great. How are you, gentlemen? We're doing uh, very well. We're, we're sad that tonight is the conclusion of Hannibalism here on the Dinner Party Show, but we think everybody has had a great time, and we have a lot of calls for you, which we're going to play now that I have my screen on my computer back, which is very exciting. And uh, we did announce the winner of the drawing of the Red Dragon print that you provided us with, um, Tiffany Monstas. I think I'm mispronouncing her last name. Monstas. Tiffany. Tiffany. Congratulations, oh, Tiffany. Congratulations, Tiffany. That's a that's a hot prop. Oh my God, that is such a cool and generous gift. Thank you so much for that, Brian. And everybody else is getting the wonderful coloring books that you gave to me at the premiere. Yay! Well, you know that uh, that red dragon print was in front of a naked Richard Armitage Ooh. frequently. So Ooh. there's uh, so it's there's seen stuff. If only we could out. see what it's seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, before we get into the party line calls, Brian, why don't you tell us what you can about American Gods and what you are doing in London? Because we have a lot of curiosity about that. Absolutely, on media. people have called in and asked about that specifically. Um, well, we are. We have just been greenlit by stars which is very very exciting so cool. and so we that is our u.s broadcaster and now once a show sells you then look for european partners to be your hubs internationally for for the the show and that's what we're that's what we're doing in london and oh, i go to paris so tomorrow morning to oh, to so glad it's very exciting. I'll be on the Euro train. Oh, excellent. For, for those of us who have not read the Neil Gaiman book, tell us just a little bit about American Gods. It is essentially Clash of the Titans by way of the Grifters. 
Cool. I love that. <laughs> I want to see that now. It's going to be really, really good. I'm partnered with Michael Green, who I worked on Heroes with, and we had a ball that first season together. Oh, and yeah, that really was we're always, fun. It, we, we, it was a lot of fun, and he's a really smart, creative guy, and we've got a, a fun, fantastic partnership with Neil Gaiman, and uh, Fremantle Studio is really turning it out, so we're excited. Excellent. When should we look? When is when? Are, like like it'll take a while. You all are just getting wound up. I next summer or how soon shall we look for? Um, it will be. I, I'm not sure if they announced it or if I'm allowed to say. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, we'll we've we'll reached the end of, party of what we're allowed to ask you about American Gods, and we do have a brand new <laughs> season of Hannibal underway. There right? is a new episode Which we this week. Don't have to wait for. Absolutely, we do want to <laughs> let everybody know. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert. We are going to be talking about what happened on this week's Hannibal. So if you haven't Absolutely. seen it yet, listen Tough to darts. the podcast after we have talked about. We have a bunch of questions for you. We have one from a longtime listener of the Dinner Party Show, Michael Minch. Here is go. Here's Mike. Oh, hey guys. Hi, Good morning. Happy Friday. It's Michael Minch here, longtime listener, finally chiming in. Uh, and a hey, shout out to Buffy and Samiko and Justin and everybody else. <laughs> uh, so I've got a question for Mr. Fuller. So yeah, this uh, neat little article just popped up on my. Facebook page about uh, trying to get Mr. David Bowie onto the show. Sounds interesting. Huge fan of that guy here. Uh, here he's got some uh, pretty good songs out there. It's been around <laughs> for a little while, I guess. So yeah, what's uh, what's going on there? And uh, I'd like to hear something about that. See what all we can squeeze out of, out of Mr. Fuller. All right? Thanks, guys. David Bowie. Well, I'm imagining myself in a juicer right now. A juicer? Because he was being squeezed. Oh, what, right, what, of course. What squeezing I guess that's of, an occupational well, hazard of writing Hannibal. You'd have to imagine yourself <laughs> yeah. in a juicer at a time like this. And uh, better the characters than me, I suppose. Right. But, um, we, you know, we have reached out to David Bowie a couple of times uh, to see if he was available. And the that gentleman is very, very busy working on all sorts of things. So... Uh, he has not been available. Mm. So if there are future animals, we would love, love, love to rope him in some way or another or even get him on American God somehow. I just I... want to work with the guy. I think he's brilliant. I'll just, I'll just point out that social media is how Betty White wound up hosting Saturday Night Live. Okay? So, Michael, you should start a campaign to harass exactly. David to do Hannibal, um, and uh, maybe you can convince him to do it yourself because Brian is willing. Absolutely. And we have another question oh. from the party line. We'll see if this is about David Bowie or not. Here's Monica. Hi. Hello. This is Monica. This question is for Brian Fuller. And uh, I was wondering what was it like working with Richard Armitage? I love Richard Armitage. Me too. He is such a consummate professional. It was one of those, um, he had never. Heard of, well, he had heard of Red Dragon, but he didn't know quite what it was when he was getting into it. So <sighs> his, he shared with me some of his journals about thoughts that he had on the role when he's playing this terrible serial killer and rapist of corpses. and and nice. uh, But also oddly poetic in, in his own way. So uh, 
the conversations I had with Richard, he was so insightful and it was fun working with him because there were things from the book that he read that he kept on sending me notes about, are we going to include this? It'd be great if we had that. Wow. This is such a part mm. reading it. And, and so it was, it was neat to, to work with somebody so enthusiastic. The crew loved him because he was so creepy and scary. And then <laughs> and naked and naked. <laughs> and, uh, and then at the end of the day, it would be the sweetest man you'd ever meet. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second, Mr. Fuller. I just want to, and since we, we know this isn't relevant to Mr. Armitage, who is clearly wonderful, if you were to get a question about a certain cast member of anything who was absolutely horrible, how would you answer? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I would you've probably ever worked with anybody. Answer, you know, I would be very, very political, and mm-hmm. then... Once uh, we went on commercial break, I would tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what kind of friend Brian Fuller is. Absolutely. That's the perfect answer. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have a question from Bentley. Hey, guys. My name is Bentley, and I am calling to, for a question for Brian Fuller, almighty sex god of erudition. Uh, my question is, Sandoval <laughs> joyously devote many hours and much brain power to analyzing the symbolism of the show. Is it always intentional, or is a cigar sometimes just a cigar, as mm. it were? The symbolism on the show, we actually work very hard uh, to... So to speak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've been to the show. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of things that are, that are intentional. Um, you know, for instance, the guy in last week's episode that was a uh, the Firefly Man. Mm. Uh, so much about the transformation of the firefly larvae eating the snails so they can go through their uh, transformation into fireflies is exactly what Will is is experiencing as somebody who is cannibalizing another creature to become something that in Hannibal's eyes is bright and glowing and, uh, alive in a way that it hasn't been before. So yes, the symbolism is very intentional. Yeah, and yeah. that one really blew me away that that Will would take that step, that Will would move on to doing his own sort of display work with one of the corpses was really I thought quite a move in the in the as in the progression of the show. Oh, cool. Cool. Did you would uh did you find the, 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 there's the Mothman. We finally had Francois Dejeuner, who is our props guy, do it. But there was a version of it before then that I shrieked when I saw <laughs> uh, because it was a guy in a green leotard with uh, vines woven around him. He sort of looked like he was out of God's spell. And uh, we had... It was like, okay, no, we're not doing that. Have Francois do a proper version and let's do it right. <laughs> yeah, that, that would have been, no, you did it right. That would have blown me out of my chair. No, it was it was the moment of, it was that sense that you're talking about. It was Will's metamorphosis as symbolized by that that moment of resurrection where he pulled, brought up the, the Firefly guy um, 
It was like for Will to do that, for Will to make that choice, I thought was really a, a, a surprising new direction for the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Really well, when me. I see you in person, I'm going to show you the Godspell costume version. I can't I, wait. I have to say, you've probably created a demand for it on social media. If you haven't posted it already on Twitter, I think people are, <laughs> after tonight are going to want to see Godspell Chrysalis Man. Yes. And you can use it as the logo <laughs> on business cards that say Brian Fuller, Sex God of Erudition. Yeah. Because I really think you should have those printed up. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that was really excellent. I, I really particularly liked that intro. Excellent. All right, let's go back to the party line. We have a question from Heather. Hi, my name's Heather, uh, listener, first-time caller, all that jazz. Um, I'm actually calling for, to leave a message <laughs> for it. Brian Fuller tonight. I am a huge Hannibal fan, and uh, I think it's brilliant the way he uh, works in uh, quotes from the books and actually description from the books and turns them into dialogue. You know, one of the great examples is Will talking about, like, there is a, a feeling, you know, contempt and all that stuff that Clarice actually talks about when Margot goes to get Mason. So I was wondering about Brian's process for doing that, and how does that work? Pick the dialogue out first, or is it about breaking the episode and then finding those places that that stuff works? So huge fan, huge fan of you guys as well. Thank you. Uh, have a good show. What a great question. Um, You know, it is uh, an interesting process that's basically fetishizing Thomas Harris's prose because it's so purple and beautiful. And it actually reminds me in some ways about Anne Rice's prose because she has such a wonderful command of the language in a similar way that Thomas Harris does, and they always describe things that you can smell, taste, Mm -hmm. and feel in a unique way. So uh, it's a a trait that I love in writers. And so for me, we break the stories, we break the, uh, the episodes out, and then... Sometimes when I'm looking at a scene and I don't know quite what to do with it, I'll start reading the books again, and then I'll come across something that that is like, oh, you know, that would be interesting to build a scene around that phrase in the new context of the story that we're telling. And it's also a way to weave in Thomas Harris's DNA mm. to every scene. So I'm, I'm always encouraging the writers to... Um, you know, the the ingredients of a scene are, are one-third Thomas Harris, one-third accurate, interesting psychology to what's happening with these characters, and uh, one-third of our special sauce. Tell me something, Brian. Do you think in terms of Thomas Harris's prose, there's a difference between the books that are not in Hannibal's point of view, which would be Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs, and the books which are, which are Hannibal and Hannibal Rising? Yeah, well, you know, the the novel Hannibal is actually one of my favorites and is, is frequently jockeying for position with Red Dragon because it is so wonderfully bloated in its <laughs> uh, Italian Gothic. And mm-hmm. the, the re... 
invention of the Hannibal character in a whole new genre of horror movie, you know, moving from the, the hybrid of the crime thriller slash horror movie and leaving the crime thriller behind and just embracing the grand granal of it all. Right, right. So. Which caused quite a stir when the book was published. I remember, and I think we're, this is a major spoiler alert, but for something that's several years old, uh, to say the least, the, the ending of Hannibal, the novel, has Clarice going off with Hannibal and entering his world, which the Ridley Scott I film did not do. And, and at the time, it was a major story that uh, Jodie Foster said she would not do the movie because she read that ending in the book. And even though the movie didn't do that ending, the story was that that was why she walked off the project. Um, you sort of capture that storyline with the Gillian Anderson storyline on the series. Was that a deliberate attempt to sort of like resurrect that piece of the lost Hannibal universe? Well, the big difference that I see with what happened with Clarice and what's happening with Bedelia on our show is Clarice was kind of brainwashed, if mm. not exactly brainwashed. And... You know, there's great chapters in the end of Hannibal after they uh, eat Ray Liotta's brain. Right, uh, right. That details all of the therapy that Hannibal used to break down Clarice and remold her into somebody who could forgive her father for leaving her. Right. Uh, as well as hold disdain for her father for being a common man right. in some way right. and, and kind of taught her to be a snob in a way where they would leave as lovers. And Bedelia is there because she's, she's a twisted sister who is right. fascinated with the darkest parts of humanity. So she's absolutely there for her own right. edification Excellent. and fascination and we get to see in coming episodes uh, just how, what exactly her plan is and how she has taken care of herself. Excellent. Of well, we're going to take a short break here on The Dinner Party Show, and we'll be back with Brian Fuller talking more about Bedelia and Ray Liotta's brains and other part calls from our party yeah, line. The, the inside story on what she did to her patient. Yeah, we're going to find that out next here on The Dinner Party Show. Stay with us. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the dinnerpartyshow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature that's all about stuff we love. That's right. It's called Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Each month, we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them, too. You can visit Christopher and Eric's favorites at thedinnerpartyshow.com, and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added to the site. And remember, if you use any of the buy links on thedinnerpartyshow.com, a percentage of your purchase will help support the operation of the show. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And this Sunday, June 28th, the queen of Hollywood intrigue is 
back. Jackie Collins returns to thedinnerpartyshow.com to discuss her brand new novel, The Santangelos, the thrilling conclusion to the Santangelo saga. Leave a question for the queen of Hollywood glamour on our party line at 323-PEZ-TDPS, and we'll play it for her live on the air when Jackie Collins returns this Sunday, June 28th, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, at thedinnerpartyshow.com. The Dinner Party Show, a new live cast, begins airing every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, at thedinnerpartyshow.com or through our free mobile app. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, where all of our shows are available for free anytime you want to listen. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice, and I'm just doing a little opera here with Eric Shaw Quinn. Right, I'm singing my coloratura part. (laughs) And we're on the phone with us live from London is Brian Fuller. Brian Fuller, these are our last 10 minutes of Hannibalism here on The Dinner Party Show. We want to thank you, if we we forget to do it at the end of the show, for all that you have done, all the prizes you have contributed, all the time that you have donated to interact both with us and your fanables on social media. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh. My pleasure. Well, and we've got more questions for you from the party line. I know. I played them all so fast in the last segment. I don't want to repeat anyone. Let's see. Uh, Mandy. I don't think we've heard from Mandy. Who is Mandy? <laughs> Hi, this is Mandy Schneider. My like question for Ryan is, in the premiere, Hannibal said, it's only cannibalism if we're equals. So my question is, does Hannibal think of Will as an equal? And if so... If Hannibal eats Will like he claims he has to, wouldn't that be Hannibal's first actual act of cannibalism? Thanks. Logical syllogisms from Mandy Schneider. Take it away, Brian Fuller. What do you say? Mandy is awesome, A. Right. Uh, And B, yes, exactly. The, you know, one of the fun things about that scene uh, was working with Eddie Azard on it, who was. Uh, you know, he's very protective of Gideon and he's always adamant that Gideon does not uh, humiliate himself or lose his dignity because he, he saw Ray Leo, they have his brain eaten and he's like, I just don't want the character to be foolish like that. And, and so the cannibal conversation and the retort for Gideon when he was like, well, no, it's, it's, it's cannibalism. If you eat me, meaning like we are equals, but Hannibal's like, yeah, no, no, we're really not. And um, I think he is trying to uh, school Will into becoming an equal, so it could be cannibalism. So, Mandy, uh, very, very clever assessment. Very clever. Assessment. Right, Mandy. really, yeah. On Mandy top wins of it. most clever question. All right, back to the party line. It's the night of M's on the party line. This is from Melody, or Melanie, excuse me. Hi, uh, good afternoon. My name is Melanie. I'm calling from Portland, Oregon. And here's my question bucks. How does he think about or work with the actors and the people on the show to deliver such scary subtlety? I swear, uh, the tiniest syllable or just Pregnant pause just fills me with anticipation of what's coming next. The dinner parties on the show are lots of fun, too. Oh, totally. Okay, that's all. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Bye. 
Well, isn't she lovely? Have a nice I'm day. I'm sorry bye. I got your name wrong. It was spelled creatively on our screen. <laughs> well, uh, you know, one of the greatest things about doing Hannibal is a collaboration with the actors, and in particular, Naz and Hugh are such uh, well-versed storytellers in their in their own right. So we frequently had conversations about the direction of Hannibal and Will and their relationship. And many, many times, uh, Hugh and Maz would pitch things that I just wove right into the scripts because those characters, those, those gentlemen know their characters so well that it would be absolutely foolish of me to ignore their, their great ideas. So I welcomed them whenever I got them because it always, helped me understand the characters by talking with you and Maz about the characters. So it was, it was a pretty fantastic relationship. It's like collaborating with Will and Hannibal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. On Brilliant. Yeah. I could see how that would happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the other questions we have left on our screen. I think we haven't heard from, if I play a question twice by accident, will Hannibal eat me? I, I, I don't know. We'll have to. We'll have to ask. Is Maz that considered what he, rude? We'll ask Maz what he thinks. Hannibal okay. Would do. Let's see if I'm playing Danielle's question twice. Hi, this is for Brian Fuller. My name is Danielle. First, I want to thank him for taking the time to be on the dinner party show mm-hmm. we and too. say that I'm a huge fan of Hannibal and I love what you've created and I truly appreciate all the hard work you and everybody involved with Hannibal have put into the show. I do have a quick favor and a quick question. The favor is I was wondering if Brian could do a quick shout-out to my two best friends, Kate and Andrea. They're also <laughs> Fanables. Well, the three of us watch Hannibal on Skype and talk about Hannibal on Skype all the time. All right, thank you so much, and um, I look forward to the show. Bye. What was the question? Shout-out to Kate and Andrea. Brian, can you do uh, shout-outs? I- absolutely. I wish I had Kate and Andrea's uh, Twitter handle so mm. I could... Uh, shout out properly but um hi kate and andrea there you go for watching hannibal yeah that's it you did it i think they'll be finding you on twitter very soon so watch you'll be hearing from them and danielle who watch your timeline i thought she was gonna ask a favor and a question i think she just got around to the favor i think she just got around to the favor i think she got nervous she'll probably call back the next time we have brian on she can call back all right i think with this i think this is our last question on the party line second to the last second to the last who is the other i think i got there's that one other question that came in. No. no. Oh, there's that other question. That's we- that, that question sounds really weird. Let's We're going to leave go, that for last. Let's hear from Abby. Hey, guys. We'll this it. is Abby. You know who I am. But I promise I won't mention when this time or Brian's amazing hair oh, or majestic beard. Okay? <laughs> Brian, you've been writing for a long time. So obviously you've developed your own style and process. My question for you is how long did it take to write your first script and how long does it take you to write scripts now? Also, what were your biggest influences, and how much has your writing changed? Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. So I think the question is, what question did Abby not ask this evening? <laughs> I, love, I love Abby Wan, Abby Wan Kenobi. Um, the, the, boy, which question to start with? Um, I think my writing has, I've learned, every time I write something, I learn more about writing, and I I look at a script that I wrote before Hannibal, and I want to run my comb through it, because I've learned 
more about taking emotional moments and taking my time and uh, with the uh, with the character progress. So um, I've learned that. What were the other questions? Oh, how, uh, who were your biggest influences? Yes, when you were starting. You know, my biggest influence actually was Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I, mm-hmm. there was, I was watching that show, and I watched it religiously, and it's probably my, my favorite, the Star Trek series. Um, and I was, I was watching it one night, and a light bulb went off, and I was like, oh, this is how they tell stories. This mm-hmm. is how they move through act breaks. This is how they structure the narrative. Mm-hmm. And it was like seeing the code of the Matrix, and then uh. I sat down and wrote one and submitted it and then got invited into pitch. Wow. Excellent. You know, Brian, I think that leads us into our last question. Really kind which of amazingly. Is, yeah. a, is a little strange, so just bear with us. Okay, let's see what this last question is about. Hi, my name is Brandon, and I have a question for Brian Fuller. Which of the following would be the worst way to go? Death by transporter accident or at the creative hands of Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> that is our party line with sound effects, courtesy of our sound designer, Brandon Griffith, who is a total Trekkie and actually left that message for you, Brian. <laughs> Very you know, well produced. It, um, it depends on how Hannibal was going to prepare me. Um, you know, as we saw in Star Trek The Motion Picture... A transporter accident can be a long, horrible, ugly death as Nurse Chapel's, what did she say? They're forming. And <laughs> we saw the Play-Doh of Play-Doh people kind of twist around and, and scream in a way that I used to m- mock pretty accurately. There, was, I, I had that, that, that forming scream down. Um, <laughs> So I think the transporter accident would be probably the worst way because I'm anticipating Hannibal just bonking me on the head and cooking yes. me up. But if, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be a drag to get it. hit with a bust of Aristotle, but yeah, then it's yeah. over. And then he broke his neck and it was over. That's actually pretty merciful. Yeah. Brian Fuller, yes. Brian Fuller, we have reached the end of Hannibalism. I am so sorry to say it. We want to thank you so much for joining us tonight via London, via Skype telephone line. You're such a good friend. And we want to thank you for the Red Dragon print, for the making of Hannibal coffee table books, for the coloring books, for the um, leave the vinyl soundtrack, which Mikhail in Rhode Island won. at the For inviting us to the yeah, premiere yes. of Hannibal at your house, that delicious dinner that you served, and for being such a good friend to the dinner party show. Absolutely. We adore you. We adore everything you do, and we're so happy that you brought your Fanables to our show, and we hope some of your Fanables stick around. We will promise to have you back as often as you will come back, right. Brian Fuller. Uh, um, and we also want to... I would love to return. Good, good. Once we can get you to stay in town for longer than five days, right? if you'd stop making television shows for you five minutes. You'd such a huge success with such a fabulous, <laughs> glamorous life for a minute. I want to remind everyone that Jackie Collins is back next week with an all-new interview. She was on the show a few months ago. This is not an encore presentation. She is coming back. She will be in the studio live next Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Signing copies of her new books, The St. Angelo's. And if you missed last week's episode, we're about to replay it right here on our player or via our mobile app and then tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, tonight's new show with Brian will begin its 24 hours of encore presentation. Thank you so much, Brian Fuller. 
Thank you, gents, and thank you all the panables for calling in, and I can't wait for my next visit to the dinner party show. I've got to beat, uh, I've got to beat that Collins lady with all of her appearances. Absolutely. <laughs> Better catch up. Until then, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn, and Hannibal comes on Thursday, so Thursday, we'll the next don't episode. miss the next episode. You can bet we're going to talk about it here on the show every time it comes on. Until then, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And you've been listening to the dinner party show. Thanks. <laughs>